Spelt Lore is only made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. If you would like to donate, please go to speltlore.com slash money, please, or patreon.com slash speltlore. And if you go there, you'll get a bunch of bonus content, too, which is nice. It's good bonus content. I work really fucking hard on it. (laughs) Gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed. Their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute who knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Vigor's half elf, he shifts his shape and wields a spear with great pride. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest, they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spout Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me, as always, playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. Hello, everybody. Playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Hey, how's it going? And playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. Hello, everybody. When last we left our heroes... They confronted the elven agent of the Sun Peaks, known to us currently as Hiddleston. Yeah. Elf Hiddleston. Elf Hiddleston. Ving laid down to rest Wendeliari of the Ranger Corps, Mm. uh, and the fight continued between Tuck and Hiddleston. Billy helping with the aid of a lash and lasso made out of roots. Tuck was poisoned. As the knife was jammed deeper and deeper into his body with each attempt at hurting this elf until they were able to restrain him and Tuck chopped his arm off with Larry, Terry and Chad. Uh, Wendy's beaver cat showed up attempting to attack Billy before Ving commanded it to cease and Shadowpaw receded into the shadows promising vengeance before getting lost and (laughs) (laughs) desperately trying to find the way out. The party then turned their attention to the man hanging from the roots beneath the tree. A variety of discern realities and spelt lores took place in which they realized that, yes, indeed, this is Nathaniel Vang Zumba, who has been interred beneath the tree for potentially years, mm-hmm. and that the one impersonating Nathaniel that Ving spoke to that they met at the mouth of Adernach Allwater's Tower must have been the Gibbous Man in disguise. I thought we were really getting somewhere. We had that therapeutic session in the cave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is gonna. I'm gonna need uh, so many therapeutic sessions based on that one failed therapeutic session. All trust is gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. They also attempted to figure out methods by which they could break the Gesh, knowing now what they know. The helper, the McCollin magical item, the tiny little metal dwarf, aided in removing the vines from within and without of Nathaniel, as Billy created a protective fairy ring for the very first time. Cool. Sealing out any potential influence from the Outer Dark or the Gibbous Man and creating an area of safety in which the party could transport Nathaniel, who has an obsidian arrow lodged in his heart, Mm -hmm. into the fanny pack to speak to some of the finest magical minds of their day. Billy was able to spy into the mind of Hiddleston, finding him out to be an agent of Solara Van Kieran, de facto queen of the Great Forest and leader of the Sun Peaks, who gave Hiddleston both a blade 
and an obsidian coin. Her true connection to the events is currently unknown, but she is most certainly in cahoots with the Gibbous Man in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Man. But good news, guys. The demonic influence has been removed from the heart tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good place to start. And we learned which demon it was. Yes. The demon of greed. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which has used its demonic hunger, its want to corrupt many, many souls within the forest as well as the forest itself. Billy maintaining the protective ring outside the fanny pack by himself in a quiet moment heard Hiddleston choke to life long enough to tell him that he knows you're here. And that is where we find our heroes now. I imagine the scene that we open on after that revelation is Ving bursting through the door into the fanny pack with Nathaniel in his arms. Clearing off the table with one hand. Spring, spring, yeah. spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morris and Perel were having dinner. <laughs> so, like they, a nice candlelit dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he, uh, Morris is feeding Perel like oh. a, a chunk of <laughs> uh, beef stroganoff. <laughs> he cuts the piece of spaghetti that they were both <laughs> having in their mouth. Yeah. No time for this. You're, you're no time. Tra- you're both the tramp. Bing does more damage than he needs to. Like he starts kicking over like stuff shit. that's just nearby, <laughs> like the bar. I go over to the, the mantel place instead of painting on fire. <laughs> All while holding his frail dad. Yeah. I don't no, know what to do. My insides no match my outsides. <laughs> He's been holding this all in for yeah. so long. He's saying, help, 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 stay away, help, stay away. Yeah. He kicks over like a bucket with champagne in it. Yeah. yeah every time somebody gets near you to try and take the daniel, you kick out at them. Get away from me. Yeah, I hand him over. I take him back. Somebody help me. Get away from me. Don't touch him. And you laid Nathaniel out on the dining room table, uh, a shattered spaghetti dinner <laughs> laying in ruins <laughs> around you <laughs> as Perel and Morris are standing back with their hands in the air, basically letting this happen. And Perel is like, who? What is this? This is my father. What? This is the corruption at the heart of the forest. He has a demonic influence through the means of this arrow in his heart. If we remove it, he will die. Is there anything you can do? And in a moment of confidence and surety that you are not used to seeing from Perel, he approaches Nathaniel like a surgeon. Like he, uh, he walks up and starts uh. looking at the wound and feeling around and you see him close his eyes and he looks up. I can help him, but it has to be now. Pick him up. Come with me. Do it. And doors flap open. We cut to <laughs> you in um, what seems to be an infirmary of sorts. Cool. Uh, through a corridor that you have not yet uh, utilized uh-huh. and there is like a table and arcanical devices of mysterious make and model but things that look like they must be used in a medical capacity in some way we're in an interesting place here in that it is technically quote-unquote medieval but also magical uh-huh. so there are some things that are going to be really easy to do and some things that are going to be really hard to do mm-hmm. but thankfully you have a magical transmuter on your side he directs you to lay Nathaniel out on the table sort of in the middle of the room and wheels over a couple of devices one of which has like a big rubber hose and then like a fat needle on the end of it that he like slides into Nathaniel's arm weird and it immediately goes like it's got like little bellows yeah exactly it's got little like two little bellows that kind of move in concert with each other so cool and he gets Morris in here and starts telling Morris what to do. And he turns to you and goes, we need some time. Tell me what I can do to help. What do you need of me? We need you to just stay calm 
and let us work. Here, I offer this. And I give him the dwarven piece of metal. Oh, sick. Yeah. Which is, yes, flipped back into its bar state. Whatever you ask of this, he will do. I've named him Dwarf the Rod Johnson. (laughs) 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 Which is a name I just came up with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, we'll, We'll see what we can do. Wait. I have something I need to say to him. Discern uh, realities to see yeah. if my dad's conscious to say something to him. Okay, two d six plus wisdom. Great, I got ten. Okay, so you get three questions off discern realities to see if your dad is awake. What's about to happen? <laughs> uh, they are going to attempt to stabilize his body with parts of his organs having been missing using magic while removing the arrow. Okay, yeah. what should I be on the lookout for? You see that he is breathing while they do this, although it seems like his breathing is stabilizing. Whatever they're pumping into him seems to be quieting him down, but his eyes are fluttering. Like, he, he seems to be semi-conscious. What here is not what it appears to be? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, okay, so you suddenly realize, if you spoke to the Gibbous man, he showed you a vision of Nathaniel's past. How did he have that information? And you realize the arrow being in his heart and obsidian being a conduit Mm. to the outer dark, he must have been seeing like the truth of your father's heart. Like he had access to everything your father ever knew or felt. Oh, and that's why he was playing me through my dad. God, gross. And Perel at this point goes, Ving, you need to leave. I take a moment with my dad and I, I whisper into his ear, either way I'm here and soon you'll be free and his hand twitches on the table mm-hmm. I leave and uh, the door closes Tuck is on the other side he's gonna go in the hallway and cry and uh, Tuck is like waiting there for Ving and he just gives Ving a hug mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Ving hangs on to that hug longer than usual yeah Billy Back on the stoop, Hiddleston has just said this to you. He knows you're here. You are forced to remain out here to maintain the fairy circle, which is a totally new thing to you, Mm -hmm. the creation of these circles. But yeah, what do you do? Could I try to like learn some stuff from Hiddleston? Yeah, totally. Okay. Can I throw him a vial of golden root Mm. and basically be like, I know you're not well. This will make you feel a little better. Like, I feel kind of bad for you. Yeah. Then uh, Defy Danger Charisma? Yeah. He's in a lot of pain, so he might be willing to do this. Eight. Eight. Um, I throw him a vial of golden root. Uh-huh. And I say, uh, we really liked you. <laughs> we really didn't want to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> we really liked you. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> So you throw Sorry him, about your arm. <laughs> yeah. You throw him this vial and he's like laying there and it like hits him in the chest, like pats against the doublet that he's wearing yeah. and rolls down into the dirt. Oh. He's just like, you must think I'm a fool. I'm a poisoner, young boy. I don't just drink things handed to me by my enemy. See it yourself. Uh, Billy pops one open, drinks it himself. Whoa. Oh. Can I use wealth and taste oh that wealth and taste move yeah do i still have it i'll check oh yeah 
I just don't have it. Okay. Yeah, so he's like, I mean, I don't feel very good right now. So I think I'm going to have one too. Okay, so that is also charisma. <laughs> Smart. 13. God oh, damn it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you. he was willing to hear you out with the seven to nine, mm-hmm. but with wealth and taste, he like sees you drink the vial. What is wealth and taste? Can we have? Oh, so oh, right. wealth and taste is when I make a show of flashing around my most valuable possession. They will do anything they can to obtain your item or one like it. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he like sees you drink it. And I'm going, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> right. so good. Picking up rocks. Wow. <laughs> wow. So good and tasty. And he licks his lips. <laughs> he licks his lips like a parched man. And then he like, Billy flexes his biceps. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I feel so powerful and strong now. And he starts doing, he starts trying to do a push up. Wow. <laughs> How far does he get in the push up? <laughs> He gets on the ground. <laughs> he, get, he goes down. Yeah. And then he like looks slowly at the yeah. guy. Like, so eh. Billy fakes. He does a he does like half a burpee. <laughs> Lays down. And he burps. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, Hiddleston licks his lips. And then with his good arm, well his remaining arm, reaches for the vial, pops the top, and drinks down the liquid. Yeah. And Billy's stretching on the ground. Feeling better, right? Well, considering the circumstances, I suppose I feel just fine. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm glad to hear. Um, you know, maybe while you're feeling okay, we can talk and keep you awake until um, we get some help. I think I would like that. Nice. I would like that, too. Um, so, uh, tell me. Uh, <laughs> Billy's like, shit, I didn't think this would work. Uh, also, I love it because Jessica keeps looking at me so conspiratorially where she's just like, look at what I'm making this guy do right now. <laughs> what an idiot. So, when you say, uh, like, he knows we're here, <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? I think you know what I mean. Okay, well, tell me, tell me, like, pal to pal, like, is he, like, on his way? No, he's not on his way. I simply want you to realize that there is nowhere that you can go that he will not be aware. But now he knows that you have seen what he's capable of. And he directs his hand to where Nathaniel was. Mm-hmm. And that there is nowhere he cannot find you and no one he cannot reach. Um, other question as we're getting to know each other. Huh. <laughs> 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 oh. oh. Well, uh, moving on. <laughs> Um, so, like, what made you want to side with Wendy in all of this? With Wendy? Mm-hmm. I do not work for that ranger's well, scum. who do you work for, then? I work for the highest of the high, the noblest of the noble. Her eminence, Solara Van Kieran. Nice. And what do you, what is she giving you for doing all this? Like, this sucks your job sucks <laughs> this sucks your job sucks and you look fucking stupid too. you're <laughs> ugly and your clothes are dumb and you smell bad why is why is Solera doing this like what's she getting out of it i think you might have to work for this one a little bit you might have to get because he seems very like well we're friends now, small one, of but I can't. we're friends. It is a poor gambler that shows all his cards. Oh, I can tell you a secret if you tell me your secret. That's what friends do. 
Ooh, a parlay. Oh, yeah, parlay's great. Two to six plus charisma. Nine. Nine. So that means that he needs, you need to tell him something right now. A real secret. secret? I'll tell you a secret if you tell me one. A real secret. (laughs) I had a bad dream about one of my dads. Tell me more. Just, it seemed really real. What was the dream? It was just a bad dream. It was just like a dumb, he was just chilling under a tree and then it caught on fire. And anyway, that's it. I don't remember anything else. Anyway. And the camera would see as Billy, like, I don't know, and looks away that his eyes like dilate a little bit. Whoa. When you say that. So what do you want to know? What is Solara getting out of this? And like, why, why is she helping him? You feel again that he's like, trying not to tell you this but something about you think the way now with like this fairy ring that you've created and sort of the um the flux you've been feeling with like your current self kind of pushing against like you know like becoming your winter self in hibernia and touching into these other parts like something about your connect like how you asked this question Mm -hmm. seems to be compelling him Mm -hmm. to tell you the truth Ooh. Like I've, I'm like doing a trade right now. You made, you made a deal. Yeah. 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 You made a deal. You're like shifting into your like Mm -hmm. summer fae that like are the deal. I guess would be the next step. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I told you a big secret. So now you have to tell me a big secret. And that's how friendship works. So Lara Van Kieran isn't working for the Gibbous man. She's working with the Gibbous man. Oh, how so? You have to tell me because I told you. And when Billy says that, there's like an aspect of him that shifts into winter oh, and it becomes yeah. like evil, angry, or if, oh, if yeah, that like feels little, right. Yeah, I think so. Like it's His like influence you, grows. Sounds like kind of creepy, but like, you know, like in a horror movie when a little kid gets like kind of angry. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like not just a kid having a flip out. Yeah. yeah. You, you can see like frost crawling along yeah. the ground as mm. he gets angry. She is. And he, this is where he like, you can feel him straining to not tell you this. You have to tell me. Solara Van Kieran is a warlock. Whoa. Whoa. And he kind of falls back mm-hmm. and you can see that uh, like the, the golden root that you usually see like pupils moving <laughs> and stuff contract again. Oh. And he goes, you trickster. And he passes out from strain. Oh, I hope they're done soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So then I guess we cut back inside. What are Tuck and Ving doing? Um, the page brings you like a glass of water. I slap it away. And I say, bring me a glass of water. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a mess right now. What is this thing that you do that when you feel uncomfortable, you treat serving staff badly? <laughs> Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> Does that happen? You do that so much. <laughs> it's because I'm trying to portray the monster that I feel inside. I'm so sorry, Paige. I'll get the water. What do you want, Paige? <laughs> Just paper rustling. I just hand him a love and lust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and- I, feel, I like think his little paper mustache like bristles. <laughs> yeah, <totally>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there anything Tuck and Vinger doing or discussing in here? 
Uh, are you just waiting? Yeah, we, we went to the observatory where it's like, you can kind of like see a fake version of the outside and yeah. there's like a telescope and stuff. Yeah, so you're standing in like the bell of the observatory. There's a, a intricately made telescope pointing at a leather sky that's about two feet away from the telescope. Yeah. Is it a real sky kind of thing? Nah, it's it's painted pretty like lively yeah but it's you know like big exaggerated stars that are all in the position that the constellations actually are but very clearly Hmm. hand-painted i guess tuck in this moment he's like really worried about vang Hmm. because tuck is aware of how much vang doesn't think about his dad and his mom and how much he's like avoided it all these years yeah and tuck is like aware of like the death of a parent and like how much that can impact you and really fuck you up Mm -hmm. so yeah he's just really worried about ving and he's really worried about Billy too because he's just like he's aware that we're under the tree and we've yeah. literally considered setting it on fire for like uh-huh. five minutes <laughs> yep. and he can like feel the end of the road like oh. in this moment he can feel the steps that are left running out mm-hmm. so he like wants to make sure that Ving is okay it's like almost like he has a terminal illness, kind of, and he's right. like seeing Ving having a hard time. Yeah. And he's just like, I got to make sure that Ving is okay yes. so that Billy's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what's in Tuck's head. And then Tuck says, those stars over there look like a dick and balls. <laughs> Talk about night moves. <laughs> And then he does the, puts his finger inside the hole. Uh-huh. And then Tuck goes, ha 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 He laughs in such a sad way. Aww. And you hear a, <clears throat> at the stairs, it's Morris. <gasps> What's up? Your father is stabilized. Is he conscious? Is he awake? No. But we're going to continue observing him. Perel will continue working on him. But for the time being, he should be safe here. Can we see him? And then he turns to Ving. Do you want to see him? He, Ving just walks out towards the medical bay. Yep. Cut to doors open. Your father is on the slab asleep. Machines hooked up to him, pumping away. Perel is there and he's like, he's like leaning against a counter. Very tired. Whoa. I walk up and I hug Perel. He hugs you. He's got a bottle of uh, pineapple juice in one hand. <laughs> is this for your cum? <laughs> trying to replenish my electrolytes all right i don't know if it's in pineapple juice i'm not a fucking doctor <laughs> thank you very much for what you did here i'm happy i could do anything he he's alive where's the arrow it's over here and it's like in a he takes you over to a bell jar that the arrow is like standing in the tip is on the base of the the platform but the bell jar encloses the arrow i'll pick up the bell jar careful 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 i'm careful i'm careful i'm careful and then he does that thing where he goes oh <laughs> and drops and catches it perel spills a bunch of pineapple juice all over the place and tucker is there something special about the jar or what it's just for presentation uh i didn't want to touch it <laughs> it's 
it's not like anything I've ever seen. It's certainly not magical. It's something else. Hmm. Can I discern realities on this? Oh, yeah, arrow? absolutely. Yeah. 2d6 plus wisdom. Nine. Nine. You can get one question. Do you know the one that makes the most sense? I know that he got a nine. Yeah, he gets one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> we were both staring at Abdul and for like a minute. Tuck got distracted because like he was looking at the bellows machine and he was like, hey, check it out. It looks like it's pumping my balls full of stuff. <laughs> Just running. <laughs> 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 so Doug was just totally distracted. Yeah, totally. And he was like, oh, what? You guys are doing stuff over there? <laughs> 11. Okay. So you get 10. Is what it hears not what it appears to be. Uh, yeah. So this arrowhead, you look at it now, and it is like a napped obsidian arrowhead. Like the edge has been, you know, knocked away with tools in the old style. You would guess that this is much more dangerous than having a coin. The fact that it was the wound that allowed your father to be manipulated in that way suggests that even nicking yourself with this arrow would probably be a huge problem. Oh. Uh, yeah. Is, are there any runes on it or anything, or is it just an arrowhead? No. Yeah, Bing just holds an arrowhead. it up to the light and shines Ooh. it really, really, really puts, like, cranks it up to 11. Sunstone light, thank you. Yeah. Puts it in front of a sunstone light. And what question are you using on this one? What should I be on the lookout for? You see what you imagine at first to be imperfections in the obsidian, but resolve themselves as a constellation. Ooh. What is about to happen? Okay, so knowing what you now know about the gibbous man and his connection to obsidian and obsidian's connection to the outer dark, you would assume that this would allow some aspect of perception on his part, like he is in some way connected to Obsidian. You also know that he is contained in a certain way, thanks to Lillian's curse for all intents and purposes a bajillion years ago. Mm -hmm. But you also, this is another like connecting dots from previous knowledge sort of thing. If he is wanting you basically like if he wants to stop you from stopping him why didn't he come here himself why did he send you and stay behind mm -hmm. why was he in vigil city but no further like mm -hmm. he basically left you to do his thing and then you realize like why was he corrupting the tree in the first place and you realize it has to have been the tree that was keeping him away it was keeping him out of the forest and by corrupting the forest uh -huh. he could enter vigil because that was the furthest edges of the corruption uh -huh. but it hadn't been able to reach the tree itself cool mm. holy shit and that was that's consistent with like everything we've said about like all of his moves were about like removing sources of knowledge from the material plane like he got the hibernians to shroud themselves in the gray mm -hmm. so they he couldn't can, see the, <clears throat> the sky disguise mm -hmm. himself he can like, yep. shift his appearance yes hiding the true knowledge of his being yeah and he like he's obscuring the runes like he he's trying to hide information yeah. and information brings enlightenment and enlightenment keeps him out yeah yeah he's just really trying to pull the dark over everything's eyes like totally. bring about about total darkness because i think there's probably like a functional thing of like if no one knows what the fuck's going on like all the wizards are gone like mm -hmm. 
like historical knowledge is shattered, Mm -hmm. then he's free to do whatever he wants. So it's like a functional thing. But I think also like the more literally in the dark everyone in the world is, the like more he can do the thing that he needs to do. He can like smash all the realms together and get back to where he needs to be. Which leads you to another question. Why did he tell you to come here then? Yeah, he wanted us, he was telling us to, he was telling us to fix the tree. Mm-hmm. He's telling us to cure the tree. Well, he was telling you to change the runes. Yeah. Right. And he said that that would fix the tree. Yeah. He didn't take into account that we would fuck up so bad <laughs> that we ended up like literally face to face. Yeah. With Nathaniel. Yep. Which might have been why Hiddleston and Wendy moved in. Yeah. So it, it and why they failed because it was a last minute plan. Exactly. This could be a very interesting piece of evidence that maybe he fucked up. He attempted to lie, lie to some idiots. <laughs> he tried to use us as a tool, but little does he know we're the biggest tools of all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are a bunch of useless tools. <laughs> um is it a good idea for me to use bardic lore to try to discover the connection between him and obsidian? Like use bardic mm. lore gods and their servants to see if there's a connection between obsidian and the night sky. Cause the thing that Tuck is thinking now uh-huh. is he, if he's exerting power through the obsidian coins, like it could be a thing where those are parts of his chains you know what i mean well they contain a piece of them i just saw a constellation in there so there's something to do with there is a constellation they are small pieces of the night sky like literally like what if they are really yeah like actual pieces of the night sky pieces of actual chains yeah yeah and remember the giants thought the night sky was the outer dark yeah like maybe what lillian did was made the night sky tangible like she created obsidian kind of and it tied him in a physical way to yep. the material realm. Oh, and then I wonder if, like, when <sighs> she broke, that was, like, opening it up. Right. It mm. shattered the sky. So it, it, it started, like, letting pieces of him through. Mm. That's very cool. If it's true. Could be. <clears throat> I think that uh, this would be a spell lore rather than a... I can't use Bardachlore on it. <laughs> Please. <clears throat> Sean, so, my character's really worried about <laughs> his family. So you're using Bardachlore on Obsidian. Is that what we're saying? My guy's gonna die. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> like you're playing a video game. <laughs> my guy. Yeah, like your instant, because I don't have an expertise in obsidian i have expertise in gods and their servants i'm asking about obsidian yeah that's a stretch yeah so spell lore is fine 2d6 plus intelligence sean if this doesn't work (laughs) wait can we use sounding board oh yeah Yeah, i think so all right should we do this yep let's do do it it. 2d6 i'm gonna spell lore on this fucking obsidian then i buy you you roll my bond yes okay here we go well, that's a three, so... <gasps> oh, no! Oh. There's no way I'm succeeding. No. I got... I got seven. <laughs> oh man. Chad! <laughs> my God! What a bummer. Uh, yeah. Fuck. It's fine. Man, I had a whole idea. Up, Fuck! The lead up to that was awesome. Well, who knows? Maybe we can ask it again later. Later. Yeah. At another time. <laughs> so, we're gonna do it in the 
you don't get what you want in that the answer is something you do not want to know, which is you have to assume with Ving being like, oh, that must be how he knew about the death of my mother and like the war was by like using that obsidian as a conduit to like know Nathaniel's past to aid him in his deceptions. Mm hmm. And then you're like, I guess it would make sense with like the eye carvings. The gibbous man must be able to perceive through obsidian. Oh, what? So all this time, yeah. you've been carrying around the eyes of the gibbous man. No! In your chest. In my chest? And you have purse. embedded in your chest Multiple. pieces of obsidian. Can you still see through these? You have no way of knowing. Can you see through them when they're white? Because the ones in my chest are white. You have no way of knowing. Fuck! Spell lore. We're at a point where we're going to cut back to Billy, probably. Oh, okay. I just want to check in with Billy, basically. Because, I mean, I know your goal. uh, Hiddleston has passed out. He will be of no further use to you right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to betray the strength of the fairy circle. You are safe in this place as long as you stay out here. I guess I just want to check in with Billy. And see what he is doing. Is doing. Um, How does he feel here in this dark, horrible place? Well, Billy is having. Uh, he's he gets bored so fast. Uh huh. Um. So he uh was telling himself ghost stories for a bit, like campfire <laughs> stories. <laughs> so <laughs> he like piled some pebbles into like a fake fire yeah and he's telling himself stories but you know how billy sometimes like they can be really funny and sometimes they can be really scary yeah. he accidentally was telling himself scary ones <laughs> so then he got too scared and he's like i thought you were so funny <laughs> he's like oh i'm fine everything i said was made up so he's talking to himself yeah um, and then he was like i have to find something else to do and everything is pitch black well not pitch black but you know there's nothing to look at um except I guess the roots. I could try to read the roots. Oh, I'm down yeah. here. So he's, but he can't leave. So he's using his binoculars to try to read what's on the roots. Yeah. Of the tree. Okay. Cool. Very cool. So sick. When there's nothing left to do, you read. You read <laughs> a book. <laughs> Reading is the last resort. <laughs> Scraping the bottom of the barrel and stuff to do. I yeah. My options are to stare into the blackness. <laughs> Or read. Or accidentally read. <laughs> what have I become? His imagination betrayed him this time, so <laughs> I read. Uh, so what is the subject Billy is interested in learning about? I guess it could be like about the gods of nature, because we're learning that the natural world does have gods. Mm-hmm. And how they manifest and interact with our version of the world. Yeah, like yeah. has this ever happened before? Oh, yeah. Oh, Right, because this tree's thousands of years old. Right, mm-hmm. it's it was probably planted before the grieving. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. it's ancient. Mm-hmm. It probably has like information about like other civilizations too. Like you know, like the giant right. myths and like yeah. everything yeah. else. We've really only talked about the giants, but well, I think it's because the giants were the original people in the world of the planet. That's what <laughs> I thought we talked about. This. I think so because they were like the builders. What about before them? Let's rule spell lore. I feel like I've said too much. <laughs> I like that. In the middle of the tree of the rings, there is like a few dark rings oh. where the oh. outer dark was more present. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a black ring. If you were going to cut this tree down, there would be one of the rings that was black and yeah. it grew within this darkened year. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. And there were cool. runes from that year. Yeah. Totally. So plus intelligence, what'd you get? I got 10. 
Oh, wait, oh. no. No, I got eight. Oh, thank God. Son of a bitch. Fuck. Fucking ass. So it's interesting, but not useful. Keep in mind. No. This is no. <laughs> but I mean, we can talk about the subject. It's just it won't be necessarily useful to your current situation. Jessica's so, so pissed off right there. <laughs> Jessica hates not winning. <laughs> she does. That's what it is. Wow. want to win. She retreated into her hoodie. <laughs> You're a natural born winner. <laughs> And there she goes. Oh, oh, and her headphones. <laughs> her headphones. Priceless headphones. Okay, well, I feel like I should probably say more. No, right. It looks now like she looks like Clover. <laughs> she looks like we're oh playing God. with the girl from the ring. Take a picture. <laughs> Just go look over here. <laughs> That's what so you look like. That's this is the reaction like. to a partial success, whereas we're I have partial. failed 99% <laughs> of all of my roles. Look at your reaction. You're doing great. Head held high. Right. So something that I think we have danced around is the fact that McCall, the McCallan Empire, which I think maybe we Oh, I think Abdul and I maybe just discussed this. McCall is the original word for the Empire of Giants. Oh. Ooh. Cool. Um, Ooh. Neat. <laughs> neat. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember this conversation at all. You, you rarely do. do. Is it also... Okay, you know how we've never named our world? Is it yes, also I was, part that's of why the, I thought you were going to say Is Shadow. the world like, named like Maka or something? Ye- oh, yeah. Oh. And the giants were the original inhabitants of the planet. They were the first civilization. That we know of. That we know of. That's but as cool. far as the elves are concerned, the giants were the first. Whoa. They spanned the globe. They were great builders. And great in the capital T, capital G sense, the great builders. Sorry, I just had a thought. Mm -hmm. And this is why their bones were obsidian, because they were crafted from the sky. They they need to be made of something. Yes. Yeah. Was that what you're going to say? The origin story. They were basically, yeah, they were basically, as far as the tales go, Mm. the reason for their obsidian bones is they were basically the children of the night sky. They were Gibbous's children? Kind of, yeah. Whoa. The elves believe, at least in terms of folklore, that the giants were created by the gods. Wow. Cool. This is fucking <laughs> sick. I like that. <laughs> I like that that means the sunstone is originally in opposition of the obsidian. The sunstone, we had said that they used it yes. to commune with the sky. Cool. Yeah, it was it was it was opposite but not in opposition yeah you need it all exactly it was part of the balance of the world yeah that's sick and living giants are different than obsidian uh-huh. um of course bones are different than rock yeah though they have the same properties in this respect the death of the giants led to an imbalance in the influence of night yeah on because earth. as more giants basically became stone yeah that influence of like because we say the gibbous man is the god of the sky yeah he is the night and the day oh but the night began to outweigh the day with the death of the giants like in his aspect he became more night than day totally and i mean this is more like um myth than it is anything that matters Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's kind of color and it does not answer the question that you guys were asking. <laughs> so let's talk more about what Billy might have been interested in. Because yeah. I have a feeling Billy would see like ancient giant empire and would be like, boring. Yeah, his eyes would glaze over. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. And he would think about McCall and be like, I was so sweaty there. I'm moving on. <laughs> he just sees the name McCall and is like, yuck. <laughs> he, his he thighs learns. start getting pimples on the insides <laughs> of them. No, 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 no. He learns the true nature of the planet and he's just like so hot and then moves <laughs> over it. Can't help it. He's just an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he is looking for the gibbous man, I suppose, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. What was that poem again that you like made up? last episode or the episode before, like last recording oh yeah uh chains broken became chains forged uh-huh. when moon threw off her yoke uh-huh. and father knight was cast away to walk among the folk so chains broken became chains forged oh maybe he so his thing is he needs to go back to the sky mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't realize that him casting all these obsidian coins everywhere is what's he's locking himself to the material plane oh he's anchoring himself here he's doing it to himself he's doing it to himself the more he asserts influence on the material plane the more he anchors himself here yeah so we can use that against him yeah so it would make sense then for like those coins that turn white it's actually helping him oh like where it's like if you cast off the the night off it yeah yeah and it's just you know piece of stone or glass yeah it basically like takes the part of like the outer dark that's within it the piece of him mm-hmm. and it like gets rid of it yeah so it's like the spirit of it, it if that makes sense yes yeah which is why the demon is trapped in white obsidian because then it doesn't have that like transmission point anymore yeah. Yeah. So it's stuck, stuck in the physical coin yes as opposed to being like a conduit from the dark yes. yeah it's it's basically like closing a door on that demon which Whoa, means cool. the gibbous man can't watch through those. Yep. It's just the demon totally, in there. Because it's ah. just rock now. It belongs to Earth. Yes. Yeah. And it also means that if the gibbous man wants to undo the thing that he's done to himself in like reclaiming all of the pieces of himself that he's had to plant in the world to exert his influence, mm-hmm. he's going to need a thing that can shatter all these fucking coins. TLC. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, cuz I think cool. Billy came upon a story of like um like it's like an old myth story, like old very old and it talks about like the eyes of the spider and stuff like that. Mm. And like the spider's web Ooh. and things like that. Yeah, like And that. the web was so large that the spider like he couldn't protect his web on his own. Like it was no. too big for him. He had eyes everywhere. He had eyes everywhere and so he had to grow more eyes and take parts of himself to place eyes everywhere. But like all it did was like make him more cool. vulnerable. Make him more vulnerable. Well, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Fuck. That's yeah. a great parable or whatever. Thank you. That's, and that's sick. That's fucking sick. And that makes so much sense too that like maybe he wants TLC because the first time that Tuck like smashed a coin was in mm. McCall to yeah. stop the demon of ambition. Mm-hmm. And if he can see through the coins up until that point, he must have been like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then was like, I need to find those people. Uh huh. Interesting. Because that was kind of when, like, that was when the Medjai started coming after us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was when... When things got really hard. Yeah. 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 Got dark. Yeah. yeah. When the narrative entity that is the end of the story saw us yeah. for the first time. Interesting. Totally. And I think, I bet the Gibbous Man would have taken it as, like, a threat to his, like, safety. Like, if, like if your, your sight's cut off, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, that's yeah. automatically a threat. But really, yeah. it's... It's like, that's what he needs. 
But has he realized that? That is beyond what you would know. Okay. Yes. Does he know that he, if he had TLC, we that it would know. help him free? There's no way for anybody okay. to know that. Uh-huh. But yeah. the fact that Billy realizes that the coins are actually chaining him, like he is chaining himself in trying to expand his influence, that's huge. Yeah. So interesting and pretty useful. Fuck. So, <laughs> but more so interesting. More interesting. <laughs> more interesting. It's so much more interesting than it is yeah. useful that it's basically not useful. Like I can't use it to make myself dinner right now. So it's so not useful. So that useless. is a great point. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for helping. That's, that so was awesome. That was okay. really I good job. I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. Huge world building. And the spider story, the spider like removing his I'm eyes to like that. all that's yeah. so, so cool. fucking good. I love how there's like a little connection to that like uh, that myth the spider yeah, and the, the spider, yeah. yeah yeah like the scorpion and the frog the scorpion and the frog yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. the spider myth that uh, that abdul wrote for the almanac oh, about right. like prophecy i thought that was an intentional connection oh no i was thinking about like the then scorpion a, and the frog then yeah. it's a perfect wow. like yeah yeah oh, it's so good you know the thing where like sometimes in myths gods are good and sometimes they're bad and yeah. then they morph over time there must be like some interpretations of like those like progenitor myths where it's like Oh, the spider was gibbous. Like, yeah. but like others where it's like, no, that's like a completely yeah. different thing. Oh, yeah. It's just now well, they refer to it as gibbous because mm-hmm. he's the modern god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like real, like, dude, like God, the Christian God, yeah. Yahweh was a war god uh-huh. in an old like Babylonian pantheon. Whoa. And then so to those people, he was the god of storms, the god of war. Uh-huh. But then to his cult, he was the creator, the protector, the one that defended all yeah so that's what you learn what do you do um billy's like i need to tell ving and tuck about this like right now so he's like what do i do so he starts coughing and farting (laughs) as loud as he can tuck just took another one of those coins off hiddleston and walked into the tent what an idiot (laughs) we're so stupid he's been collecting them for seven years (laughs) and you you cut you cut to tuck and we're in the uh medical theater and i'm like freaking out and saying the same thing or i'm just like fucking stupid collecting these fucking coins just dumping them in a garbage can (laughs) stop pointing them at me Everybody's running away. From, he's like, Fig, you gotta take the coin. And Ming's no, like, get no, it away. No. <laughs> Morris is like trying to shut all the doors to hide secrets. Uh, so get these fucking out of here. <laughs> throwing them into a fake sky. And he, yeah, and I grab the bag of coins and the axe. And no. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna solve this forever. And he starts oh, running to the danger he, room and he's gonna try and oh. force them all out of existence oh, like he oh did that God. one time. Wait, the danger room doesn't exist anymore. Oh, right, because. We're in, oh right because you guys the are in the room. danger room. Okay, so yeah. then Tuck takes his axe and slices through one of the walls of the tent to try and find the extra dimensional oh, space. No. <laughs> Tuck, um, did you just break? Oh no, <laughs> I where, can't do escape room. Where did you cut through? Uh, I think you're in the medical area. I was in the medical observatory, but I imagine Tuck running back to the observatory, and you know how like there's a night sky over the balcony, but it's actually just two feet away. Oh no. He tries to just slice into the night sky and like shove the coins in. And then he can Billy's outside farting and coughing and yelling. (laughs) (laughs) When he realizes that the coins are a problem. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, Ah! (laughs) 
Please talk. Really? And now Fink's stuck between Tuck doing this oh possibly God, destructive yeah. thing and then uh, fart coughing. And Tuck does hear that. He hears Billy screaming and he's, he stops. Uh-huh. Billy runs in. He's like, I called for you so many times. No one answered me. It's so scary out there. Oh, Billy. And then Tuck drops the axe in the bag of coins and he goes to Billy. Is, are those the coins? Billy, we found out that these things are the gibbous man's eyes. I know. You're, I found that out too. Wow. Really convenient. Yeah, I know. So convenient. <laughs> oh, like, so I guess a thing to consider is that he must know about the fanny pack and about the wizards and yeah. about all that stuff. So yeah. Maybe Billy tries to like do it in like code. Like, shh. <laughs> I don't know what it can see. We have to hide those yeah we tuck that that's not for we've already had enough dinner yeah you've had enough napkin on the plate and then tuck goes i was trying to put the napkin in the toilet room (laughs) morris do you know where there is something like a toilet room that can hide our napkins what the fuck are you on about And he looks around (laughs) all over the place. And Billy uh, trips like in quotations Uh uh, with like a like his cloak (laughs) and like drapes it over the coins. And he's like, whoops. And then we all get really close to each other. Yeah. (laughs) And we bring morale in close. Yeah. Morris and Perel? Yeah. Morale. 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 And they, well, Perel is still in the operating theater with, uh, with, with Nathaniel, but Morris gets his little whiskery face in there. What the fuck is going on? The gibbous man can see out of those. Oh, no. The coins are the spider's eyes. I don't even know if the one in my chest he can see out of or not. So we have to talk in code. Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah. The napkin is the coins. The toilet is some liminal space where he can't see out of. Are you saying that the gibbous man can see through the coins we've been getting? Shut up right now. The the gibbous man that I want revenge on? Shut shut up. Yes. Yes. And you will not get revenge. And he looks to the coins. No. And he starts walking towards the coins. No touching. No. Fuck Morris. (laughs) Morris. What? If If he knows what we're planning, we can't get revenge on him. You can get your revenge, but not now. All right. We have to get out of here. Where can we hide these that he won't see? And I tell him, I'm like, Morris, one time before we found this, when the danger room was still like toilet room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were Is shitting. Is this the first that he's finding out that it was our toilet no, room? No, he's okay. familiar. <laughs> yeah. I shoved the coins into... The, one of the coins into that space. Yes, I'm familiar. Can I? Is that a place that the gibbous man cannot get to? I suppose. What about the safe behind the painting? That was between worlds. What, what safe behind what? Oh, you already know about my safe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a reflex. Wouldn't that be somewhere that exists in many places and no places at once? The safe. The safe. Yeah, the old safe. Would that keep it safe? Keep us safe from him? That's what it's designed for. Okay, yeah, let's put it there. All right. And he picks up, he just moves over the cloak, picks up the coins, throws them to the page, just goes, put those in the safe, and it runs off. So, I mean, keep in mind that all of my work was designed with uh, humanity in mind, Mm -hmm. not the divine. So, 
there are considerations. One, he's a god. Two, tuck his coins in his chest. Three, he's a god. Okay, so on number two, do we think that the coins that are white, he can see through? The story said no. Okay, that's good news. That's good news. So you simply have a demon of some sort in your body. Mm-hmm. That's and that, bad. I no big deal. <laughs> NBD. Okay. That's whatever right now. <laughs> so are we in, um, I don't know, I assume that we've left the forest or something. We're in a safe place. Um, <laughs> um, Smash cut, like we cut to the outside where there's no people and we see the mycelium of the fairy ring starting to recede oh, no. back into the soil. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, we got to get out of here, you guys. We don't have much time. I shouldn't be in here right now. Okay. Uh, Billy runs out. Okay. And closes up the tent. Okay. And does Billy just like start packing up the tent? Yeah. So nobody. Has- Wait. So Wait. you close up the tent with us inside? Yeah. I think you might have to explain oh, to us sorry. what's happening. Okay. I got to get us out of here, you guys. And the fastest way is if I go alone. Are you saying that you want to find Elman on your own and just take us in the fanny pack? Yeah. If that's okay. Do you think it's okay? Yes. Do you know you can do this? I know I can do it. And I know at worst I'll open this up again. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tuck is so apprehend. Like it's like this is like le- letting your kid go to the corner store for the first yeah. time. Yeah, to get you cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. I will mark Billy. Ah, I'll oh. use blood mark of the animal. You, you, I'm going to use eyes of the tiger to mark Billy. That's great. That yes. is very good. You will be removing. The mark you have on Malga. That's okay. That's yeah. fine. This is basically like putting a, a, like one of those air tags on a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Basically. Yeah. Tied into his shoelaces. He's at the gas station. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's been at the gas station for like six hours. Okay. And then Tug is realizing that he's the mom now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he realizes that, that he's the father now. He's like, he'll be fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? He's got to do it alone at some point. <laughs> Okay, Billy, if you have things, I have the tiger on you. I trust you. <laughs> Billy's like holding out his hands, like waiting, like, okay, I'll do it. Do it fast. Do it fast, Fing. I, uh, oh, I'll give you a hug and kiss on the cheek. Oh, the kiss. The kiss is the mark. Yeah. That's the mark. It's the only clean part on his entire face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fing's lips are so dirty. <laughs> yeah, now. What the? Yeah. Well, I did like dunk my face in blood earlier. Yeah. Right. right. We have not cleaned that up. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, if anything happens, you open the fanny pack right away. I'll Don't even right cough, away. cough, fart, yell. I won't do any of it. I'll do it real fast and quiet. And Billy emerges from the fanny pack. The last of my my little mycelium wall is receded. Yep. Yeah. Okay, be brave, Billow. And I, I roll up the tent and wrap it around my waist. Mm-hmm. Billy is a child. Yeah, I'm not doing well. Attempting to fold up a complicated tent. Oh, so yeah. So it's like, it's like coming down, like, you know, like it's still kind of puffed up. It's yeah. like just folding it. Like, I don't oh know my how God, they Morris do is freaking out. No, no, that side folds in. It doubles over. There's, we're inside and we can see like, <laughs> like stuff happening. Prints. Yeah. <laughs> like rooms are changing size. Is he putting it in his mouth? Why is he putting it in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Billy's like, like got, yeah, like I don't know, is it like an envelope? Trying to try to lubricate it to get it into itself. <laughs> and it's sort of like if you fold a fitted sheet, uh-huh, but you yeah. don't know how. Yeah. So he's like, good enough. Yeah. It's just bulging. Yeah. <laughs> he puts it around, kind of around his waist, but like tucks his shirt over it so it stays in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Perfect. And, and Hiddleston is 
passed out down here and you know that Wendy is uh, dead around the corner. I'm going to use escape route. Excellent. Great idea. This is a really solid plan, by the way. I like this. Not going to dilly dally. Nope. So when I'm in too deep, need a way out. I, oh yeah, name my escape route and rolled plus dexterity. So I'm going to try to find the way out that Wendy came in. Yeah. You're literally in too deep. You are deep in the earth. I'm mm-hmm. scared. This is perfect. Come on, do it. Do yeah. it, Billy. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, plus dexterity. Oh, 10. Oh, oh my God. Fuck yes. Got eight plus two. Okay. This is us <laughs> watching from the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got plus two. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just standing around Ving like he's a radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like leaping over like the roots and stuff like that. And yeah. I can see Wendy's footprints. Yes. It's quite muddy down here. And you follow her footprints like back into another side yeah. tunnel up a route. Oh, she ran a long way. <laughs> yeah, she's quick. Uh-huh. She's fleet of foot. Yeah. Which means, unfortunately, because you said it and I agreed, that you come up quite a ways away from the, the action. Oh, okay. Like you're, I think. Am I still in the. <sighs> I think you're still in the garden. Okay. Yes. I think you haven't entered into like the, the chambers, but you're in the garden itself. But you come up pretty close to the walls on the other side of where you were like you know you'd have to go through either the garden or the cloister to get to elements quarters okay but there are guards there are gardeners wandering to and fro there are armed like military elves oh shit stomping around and you see the like the callousness with which they treat the garden okay stomping through and i feel like there are gardeners like actually holding weapons like looking uncomfortable about it yeah, a few gardeners have like scythes and sickles mm-hmm. and are, yeah, walking around very apprehensively. Mm-hmm. Are they like concentrated in an area? Like if I were to use fairy dust to make them fall asleep, Ooh. would that kind of create enough of like a quiet zone where I can yeah, flip I w- through? They're not super concentrated, but you would be able to mm. either take down the guards yeah. or the gardeners. And a gardener, a very apprehensive looking young elf girl has a sickle and is walking down a row of bushes, including your bush, like poking oh, shit. the bushes. Um, I back up against the, the like garden wall. Yeah. Um, and I try to shoot out some fairy dust. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 2d6 plus charisma, I assume. Come on. Nine. So I believe you choose one between you can get a bunch of people, you can do it from a distance and they stay asleep for a long time. For a long time. So you basically, since you don't do it from a distance, you like wait for her to get close to you and just yeah. like, poof, and it hits her right in the face. She sees you and there's like a moment of alarm. Like, <gasps> yeah. And that gasp, she breathes in a bunch yeah. of fairy dust <gasps> and then, whew, and flops into a bush. I steal her sickle. Ah. Nice. You have a weapon. Yeah. yeah. Terrifying Billy with a sickle. Yeah. Okay. Now you got to get across. Are you going over the garden wall or uh, will, through the garden? I'm going to go over the garden wall. Nice. Okay. Defy danger, dexterity to climb up the garden wall. Vinga Tuck have popcorn at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Plus Billy's dexterity. in full uh, stealth mode. Yeah. Eight. Eight. You scuttle over to the garden wall and start climbing up the old ancient wood of the roots that have been turned into this structure. And like an old PS2 stealth game, <laughs> the camera sees like a guard has a question mark over his head and turns and is like, huh? And starts walking over to where you are. You haven't been found out, but they okay. like caught movement out of the corner of their oh, eye, shit. basically, as you get over the top of the wall. I'm just going to book it. Yeah. Uh, Can I use escape route again or is that too many times? You should be able okay. to use it again. Yeah. Okay. 
10. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. 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 So you just book. Yeah. You use your fairy agility and mm-hmm. your thiefly intelligence to sprint as much as your tiny little legs will so allow. So crouched. Yeah. And you hear as you're running away, all right, wake up. <laughs> She's like being shaken Uh-oh. by this. Uh, but you, since you used a long time, mm-hmm. he's like, all right. Uh, and you're able to slip in to the cloister itself. What's inside the cloister? Like, are there, is there furniture that Billy can kind of like traverse around? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's sneakily. like, you know, chairs and places with flowers and stuff on it. It's basically a big ring structure with like corridors and rooms as a part of that big ring. Uh, but you do recall that you're sort of close to Elman's quarters. Is there any like little anything I can disguise myself with? You can discern realities. Okay. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it. Do it. Uh, nine. Okay. What here is useful or valuable to me? Uh, there is a bucket next to a mop. <laughs> Actually, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so I squeeze into the bucket. Yeah. Like, over, like overturned. Yeah. Yeah. I use the how big is the sickle? It, sickles aren't huge. Sickles aren't huge. Billy's aren't huge. The sickle is about as tall as Billy. Oh shit! Can it fit in there with me? Yeah, but you got a big old razor sharp sickle in your face. I'm risking it. Yeah. Already, I'm covered in blood. And, <laughs> and we hear Billy say that yeah. from inside, and we're like, "What the fuck is Why he? Why is do- he risking it? Why Stop is he sickle, running Billy. with a knife?" <laughs> And then he brings it really close up into his face no, 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 no. to carve little eye holes out of the bucket. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. I be see. Careful, be careful. Be careful. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> this, this makes the bucket way more useful. So you're going to have to roll for this, I think. Uh, 2d6 plus dexterity. Yeah, I got to mm-hmm. do it like without dying. Seven. Oh my God. Seven to nine. You're only able to get one eye hole. That's which fine. means your peripheral vision is dog shit in it's this okay. bucket. <laughs> Actually, I'm so good with just one eye because that's how thieves. Like thieves look around ah. with just one eye open. <laughs> Out of the one eye. <laughs> All right. So now Billy's in a bucket with a hole in it. And there are gardeners and guards in lesser numbers than those in the garden itself. And now this is a cartoon where <laughs> yeah. we, see a sh- we see yeah. a shot of like a bucket moving and then a guard walks There's by and it stops. in your bucket. Dear yeah. Billy. Dear Billy. So I think this is going to be, I want to say defy danger. Oh, it's wisdom or charisma. Because it's Charisma no longer because I gotta move like a bucket. Yeah, you <laughs> have to move still, like a bucket. Like a bucket. <laughs> All right, Charisma. Nice. <laughs> That's a funny enough explanation. Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking it's either like knowing when to stop or knowing when how to-, to pretend to not be there. Yeah. 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 Nine. Okay. Perfect. Seven to nine. You get. <laughs> so it's stop. Stopping at all the mops on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopscotching the mops on the way in. There's a lot. There's so many oh, mops. so many mops. They do a lot of cleaning. Yeah. And you get to Elman's door and you wait like a bucket would wait. <laughs> like at a bucket's worth amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going do, 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 do. And then Tuck inside is like, why the fuck is he singing? Go, <laughs> go, go. Stop Let's going to the goddamn room, Billy. Stop singing and go. They just trust the bucket process. <laughs> <laughs> and you wait the appropriate amount of time for the guards to leave. And you sk- sneak in the door. And you see there, Elman's cutting in the pot. Nice. Held in the hands of first gardener, Malgath. Oh, fuck. Am I still in the bucket? 
And that's where we're going to end for this week. <laughs> I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me as always, playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian of dual disease. So long. Playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. <sighs> Take care. And playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. Bye, everybody. Thank you to Aaron Reed for our intro and outro music. You can find all of Aaron's original music at aaronreed.bandcamp.com and all the music produced for the show at soundcloud.com thank you to all of our supporters around the world if you would like to support the show and get access to a bunch of cool things check out patreon.com slash spoutlore or spoutlore.com slash money please and thank you finally and most of all to you for listening we'll see you next time and so ends the tale of adventures three who tried the best they can though dumb and scared and lost they be for times abreast in revelry And though our journey may be like a conclusion We will not leave you without a resolution Return next week to hear some more Whilst you commute or do your chores